So welcome back to the Goodfellow podcast. Nick, Aphrodite, thanks for coming back. Nice to see you again. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Fine, thank you. Good. Have you had a good month? Absolutely. Yeah. Every, every month is a good month. Excellent. Uh, episode two, so uh, that's fun. Just a quick recap on things to remember with the podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe if you've got the opportunity on the channel that you listen on. Rate us as well. Hopefully a good rating, please. Thank you very much. Last time we just uh, talked about the events we've got coming up in June. Obviously, it's now the beginning of June, so possibly by the time you listen to this, Spacecom will already be underway. But we're really looking forward to being at the Spacecom event. Aphrodite, you're all ready for your, uh, your speakers and your panels? I will say again, absolutely. <laughs> well, I can't wait, actually, because it's going to be very interesting. Yep. I can't wait to. Well, that conversation we had when we met the panellists a couple of weeks ago is actually, it was excellent, fascinating. They're going to be some really good talks, so looking forward to those. And later in the month, we've got the Advanced Materials show as well, which Goodfellow's uh, at. Um, you were there last year. How was last year's show? Oh, it was very interesting. So a lot of networking and very interesting also presentations by the leaders of the industry, actually, of advanced materials. So it was very, very interesting. Uh, we were actually, our booth was opposite Manchester University and you could see amazing stuff that they have invented. I mean, the researchers, so amazing products by Graphene. So I was completely thrilled. Fantastic. And graphene's your thing, so you, I uh, love you it. were there. <laughs> Excellent. I love graphene. I love graphene. We should get her a t-shirt that says that, actually, shouldn't we? 100%. Brilliant. Um, and this year, our stand is bigger than we had last year as well, so we've got a, a good stand all built up, so it'll be quite exciting to have a good position uh, at that show as well. Uh, and last month as well, we talked a little bit around space because obviously we were talking about uh, Spacecom and what was coming up. Nick, we touched on the SpaceX launch, but at the time we were recording, the launch had just not happened because they'd had a failure. And then it happened a few days afterwards, but obviously we'd, uh, we'd finished recording then. What was your thoughts on the actual launch itself when it finally happened? Well, of course, disappointed it blew up, right? Yeah. Um, but they positioned that as a success. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that can make you reflect sometimes um, on actually you know, how do you set goals, you know, and, you know, I can relate to a lot of that in business, right, you know, right. because sometimes what can be seen by some as a failure is actually the first step of success. Yeah. You know, so I, I was quite interested to hear that they considered success the fact that the, that it was, if it was going to blow up, it was not going to destroy the launch pad. Yes. That was their version of success. Yeah. So, you know, from their point of view. It got up quite a long way before it, it blew up, so uh, so I think uh, I think it was quite exciting. We we watched it at home. It was fascinating. Yeah, and and they've just recently launched another one yesterday, right? Oh, I didn't see yeah. that. So not the um, not the, the big one that they've launched last time. Yeah, but yeah. they've they've just done a, like one of the, the normal the normal launch. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know how the people who were launched in that one felt, knowing that the last time they launched something, it blew up. But this is always the risk, isn't it, of of a launch being successful or not successful. The amount of launches we're doing now, though, I find that quite fascinating. We're, we're sending so much stuff up in space. And I was reading a story actually this week on one of the pages on the Goodfellow News Channel. We shared this story about junk in space and the amount of junk that's up there. And if we're sending so much up, we've actually got lots of junk up there at the moment. The statistic I read uh, from the European Space Agency, there's about 36,500 objects now, just debris floating around up there. 
kind of, if you think about that as a volume and you see that as a picture, we're almost building our own rings like Saturn. It's, it's getting that much time up there. But I saw that there's a, uh, the ESA and a company called Clearspace, they're on track to launch a machine that will actually collect that junk up and they're doing a first test in 2026. I find that fascinating. Have you read about that at all? Yes, actually I did. And if I may say, and correct you a little bit, Come on, <laughs> <then>. <laughs> 36,500 are only the objects that are above 10 centimeters. So below wow. 10 centimeters, there are millions. And I will say hundreds of millions below one centimeter and one millimeter, something like that. So imagine how many objects are out there. Which so, is our rubbish, actually, and what yeah, we're sending so, out. So this, this machine that's going up is actually going to collect quite a large object. Um, and then their view of it is that it will, if this is successful, they will then use it to do more complicated... I've read that they are going to collect something which is relatively easy, but it's not easy, right? The complexity yeah. of this uh, technology must be amazing. Yeah. Uh, but if they will succeed, then they will start also collecting other objects as well, even bigger. This one is not so much bigger, I okay. think. If I, I, I guess well. that, you know, last time we were talking about, you know, space and mini miniaturization. And I think that's probably the point, right? So if it's so congested up there, you need to make the object smaller to work. But then that poses another problem, which is how do you then go and collect smaller and smaller objects that far, that far away, you know? With nets. I guess we will find out and we will have nets to collect yeah. all these small, small projects. But as you said, miniaturization is happening also because it will be very difficult to collide up there, nets. if you will think. I guess so, yes. That's the future, the job of the future, right? You're a space fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I'm just thinking, right? How else are you going to collect? Maybe with a clamp. You clamp? If it's one millimeter, how can you have a clamp? I don't know. You know, like when you, when you are um, playing, you know, these machines where you have to grab a teddy bear, you know, in the fun fair, that type of it thing. It will be very time consuming. Yeah. And I you'd have to be very so. skilled at doing it. Yes. I love that analogy. I'm just thinking Toy Story now. We're picking up space. Oh my right. God! Yeah. And yeah. can you imagine doing that in space? Some, I mean, the fun fair is challenging enough. Somebody's going to do the Toy Story noise now, the claw. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. No, that's cool. and, and also, if you think about that, the other thing I think about when I think of space junk is when we've got launches happening, space going up, is there space for them to keep getting these spaceships up there if they've got to go through this traffic of space junk? Exactly. So there is a possibility of uh, if they will collide or anything else, and then you're putting in danger the astronauts and everybody else that they are up there. But but something to bear in mind, because often when you when you think about space junk, you refer to these pictures, you know, where you see all the satellites around the Earth. But of course, just to give a visual representation, the size of the object is massively disproportionate. Yeah. So. You know, if you're going to look at the globe and then surrounded by all the satellites, you're going to think, oh, my God, the whole Earth is covered. But in real term, yes, it is covered, but it's not that bad. It's still quite spread out. Yeah. So I guess there's still a lot of room. I mean, Earth is a big place, right? And so is space. It, it absolutely is. Absolutely is. So just a, a quick reminder that all news stories are around anything related to materials, uh, both in space and here down on earth are available on the goodfellow website www.goodfellow.com along with all of our product sets information how to discuss uh, with our technical department aphrodite your team uh, and how we can help you with your material science needs so bringing it back down to earth and i'm using that word 
slightly advisedly based on uh, what we're going to be talking now. Uh, but Nick, product launches uh, that we have, new products that we've introduced. Talk to me about um, um, real earth oxides. Have I got that rare, right? Rare earth metal oxides. Rare earth metal oxides. I, yes. I, 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 was a little bit disappointed you put the word metal in there because I keep thinking REO and then that makes me just think of the 1980s band REO Speedwagon. I can't fight this feeling. I will lose my religion with the REM then. <laughs> oh dear, Very before nerdy. we go too far down the, uh, down the dad jokes. Nick, Nick, talk to me a little bit more about rare earth metal oxides. REOs. REOs. I yeah. can't fight It's this. a great joke. It's, it's yeah. a great joke. I wish I, I heard of the band. So that I could uh, bounce on the joke, but unfortunately... R.E.M.? Though the band? Not? Neither. Yeah, I'm sorry. Really? Really? Losing my religion? I mean, it's fair enough making me feel He's very young, that's why I'm R. Yeah. (laughs) The entertainment industry moves at a fast pace, you know. Um, And so do we. Yeah. So, R.E.O.'s, Rare Earth Metal Oxide, the Rare Earth Oxide. Um, It's a new range of product that we have just launched. and yeah, it's, it's very exciting. I think, you know, it really shows that we're on the path now to keep launching product. We've done a lo- lot of launches so far. You know, we've launched um, BioAstalex, which was uh, graphene films and sheets. We've launched Entropy alloys. We've launched uh, a whole new range of crucibles, a new range of spheres and balls, um, ultrafine wires. And, you know, so we carry on on, on, on that path with rare earth metal oxides. Um, and it looks, you know, when I look at Aphrodite and I talk about rare earth metal oxides, it always look very excited. So. So, so what are rare earth metal oxides? All right, now I will be very blunt. They are the oxides of rare earth metals. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, li- I like how you simplified that for me. Thank you very much. Anyway, these oxides, all right, they are currently used in different applications, various and several applications in the industry. Actually, in general, rare earth metals, they are used continuously and uh, in different applications, so, such as, let's say, batteries, catalysis, mainly catalysis, and ox- the oxides of these rare earth metals, like Syria, is used in catalytic converters, like in exhaust of okay. automotive. Yes, so it's very, very interesting. They're used in LEDs. Um, lightning, they're used in um, solar cell panels, uh, magnets, anything you can imagine. They're saying that it's actually the rare earth, rare earth metals are the vitamins of the industry. Okay, wow. So that is a new one saying that I have learned recently, the vitamins. The vitamins of, uh, of the Of the of modern the industry. industry. So these, these have quite a wide ranging a wide range. field of use. And, and why is that exciting for Goodfellow? It's exciting for us because we um, we're venturing in somewhere where we've never been before, right? So um, we've we've offered some rare earth metal, but you know you, you know everybody who reads the news knows that you know there's a lot of things being discussed about rare earth metal supply chain, the challenges that it causes from geopolitical's point of view, etc. And so we're just trying to you know position ourselves in that environment and try to provide the same service that we provide to our customers with all the other, all the other product which is availability, high quality, fast delivery, um, you know, and we're hoping that it's going gonna, it's gonna to help all the researchers out there, you know, to o- we're going to help them overcome the challenges that we can find normally in the industry, which is to source the stuff. 
Yeah. So we have two types of product set, as our customers possibly know, our specialist product range and our technical solutions. Specialist product range is, is over 150,000 products available online just to be ordered straight from our website, www.goodfellow.com, just to get that in there. Do our rare earth metals fall into our specialist product range? Are they available to be bought online or are they all under technical solutions? It, a bit of both, right? So if you, you know, our range that we've just launched, it's available in our specialist product range. So it's on the website, you can go and, and check it out and order. If you have any requirement for something more yeah. specific, we can help you. That's what we specialize in, yeah. right? So just because you can't find what you need on our website, that's not the end of the journey. You know, contact us because we have a team of scientists and engineers dedicated to help you find your solutions, even if you need advice on the material itself for your application, you know. Um, and we have a, a team that um, has a very big network for sourcing material, um, and we really specialize finding the unfindable. Yeah. So, you know, anything, if you think you can't get it, contact us. And that's where your team comes in as well, Aphrodite, just helping with the technical support. Yes, actually, my team is consisting by scientists and engineers and material scientists and engineers or ch chemists as well. Uh, and lately we have a physicist in the team, which yeah. I'm very, very, yeah. yes, very, very happy about it. And um, we are supporting our customers and our customers' requirements. So we are listening to our customers, what they are doing, their application. It's a very, very interesting, actually, job that we're doing. And we are suggesting the material. The, maybe they don't know, let's say, the REO the, that they are going to use or the REM. <laughs> yeah. So we will help them about it. So if they want, let's say, photoluminescence, we might say which one they should use, right? Which uh, metal oxide, the, they should, rare earth metal oxide they should use. If they want catalytic applications, for example, if they want thermal stability, it depends. So they come to us and they say, do you have this one? So what is the purity also from the, your rare earth metal oxide? Because it's very, uh, it's very, very important. Excellent. So rare earth oxides, you guys are going to have to come up with some new product names that I can make really bad dad jokes about songs again going forward. Aphrodite, is there anything else exciting coming up in our product set? Um, all right. I won't say, I will say, Nick, can you give a sneak peek? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think as a matter of fact, we should also include uh, the jokeability of our product launches, right? We should include that in our stage gate process. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get, the, get the team to come up with... Uh, yeah, with, we, with the only thing we can launch is things you can make jokes about, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Except uh, with the last one, it was only myself and our CEO, Simon, who actually got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so we can... Uh, yeah, so what we've got coming up, um, the sustainable polymer range, I think that's quite important. Yeah. Um, you know, my background is in the polymer world and launching something that's sustainable. Um, it's something that's been with me for a long time uh, and I'm very excited about this, um, you know, which is really about using more and more recycled materials, etc. you know, for you know, obvious envi environmental reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got uh, our render of beryllium, which we are relaunching, uh, beryllium windows. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, same thing, it's, it's very, very challenging to get all off at, uh, at the minute, um, but we're there to supply if anybody needs in small volumes. Our range is quite extensive. We've got a lot of different sizes available. So, you know, go and check our website. We're also working on a new range of sputtering targets, um, which, you know, hopefully we're going to be launching quite soon. And then just uh, so it, from the, it doesn't go along with your joke, but it goes along with the product. We're launching a range of organometallic 
uh, chemicals. Okay. Um, so that's us trying to really widen our portfolio and really try to capture all of our customers' needs. Yeah. So this one is also a big launch that we're going to do soon. Um, so yeah. For the latest one, I'm very excited as well because I have been synthesizing nanomaterials. So I need an organometallics. So all the chemists will need our organometallics, which will be of high purity. So just watch the space. So watch this space. Organometallics. How do we say it again? Organometallics. Organometallics. I'm going to have to practice that one before the next episode. So it, it's metals composed with organic, uh, let's say, uh, groups. All right. So yeah. I made it a little bit. So. Fantastic. I think it's around about the right time to wrap up this episode. Thank you both for your time again. I really am enjoying these recordings and uh, looking forward to more. Next month, we'll focus a little bit on ceramics uh, off and talk about our product, Makor. And uh, we will be picking up on what happened at the Advanced Material Show that we're going to at the end of June. Hopefully, everybody will come and visit us at either Spacecom or Advanced Materials. And uh, don't forget to visit www.goodfellow.com. Like and subscribe to this podcast, and we'll see you all again next month. Thanks both. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Bye, everyone.